0: Today we continue a new series of messages on living the life. That's our theme. What does it mean to live as a Christian? How do we live as a Christian in this world? And uh, so we've been looking at a number of things over the weeks. Last week we began a two-part, smaller section of that series uh, entitled Everything We Need, that God has given us everything we need. Before we get into that, let's say our memory verses together. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ lives where? In me. And then, 1 John 5, 11 and 12. And this is the record that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Everything we need. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Everything we need. Sometimes we think we need another seminar. We need another book. Uh, Really, in Christ... We have all we need to live the life. That doesn't mean that seminars are wrong or books are wrong, um, but they can be helpful. But we can. I mean, you talk about people who don't have a lot of seminars to go to and a lot of books to read. Uh, Go to China. Go to places like that where they don't have the freedom of worship that we have and they don't have a lot of Christian materials that we have, and you will find a growing, thriving church body. Uh, because they have everything they need in Christ Jesus. I want to take a moment to uh, review some things with you. Last week we talked about the first three, today the last two things. Number one, we needed spiritual life to supply that need God gave us Jesus. It is through our connection with Him, through our being united to Him, that this life flows into us and through us and Jesus used the illustration I'm the vine you are the branches if you abide in me you will do what? produce fruit Uh, without me you can do what? nothing zip nada nothing the idea of spiritual fruit is produced only through and because of our union being connected with Jesus Christ and when we trust him as our savior we have that connection second thing we saw we needed is we needed nourishment. God gave us his word, just like newborn babes. It says, crave, desire, pure spiritual milk, that you may grow up spiritually. And we need to be able to grow. We don't want to remain spiritual babies. We want to grow in our relationship with God and be used by him. And so God gave us his words, the Bible, to nourish us. And, of course, obviously, God doesn't uh, just pour that nourishment into us. We have the responsibility to open our Bibles and read and uh, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us out of God's Word. The third thing we need is we needed nurturing. Nurturing has to do with to be loved, to be cared for, to be trained. And People, little children who grow up being nurtured normally end up to being fairly healthy. Children who are not nurtured or left to their own devices uh, have difficulty being healthy adults. We need nurturing. And to nurture us, God gave us himself. God gave us his presence in our lives by the Holy Spirit. And so we have these needs, and God has met those needs through Jesus Christ. Today we want to look at new, some new ter- uh, terrain. We need a new beginning. I mean, don't you kind of like New Year's Day? It's kind of like a new beginning. I think one of the reasons why over the years I've loved golf so much is every hole is a new beginning. You messed up on hole number one? Be of good cheer, my brother. Hole number two is coming up and you have a chance to start over. And uh, you don't have to worry about adding it up until you get to the end of the round. So anyway, we all love a beginning, a new beginning, and we all need it desperately. Ephesians 1 or 2, verses 1 through 3, would you read uh, these words with me? We were by nature objects of wrath. This passage tells us something about our former life before we became a Christian. We needed a new beginning. According to this passage, first of all, we were dead spiritually. You were dead in your transgressions and sins. You had no spiritual life. You were dominated By your flesh. And you were doomed. You were by nature. Objects of wrath. In other words you were in a position of being alienated from God. And therefore because of your identity in Adam. You lived your life. Maybe you didn't know it. You probably didn't know it. But you were by nature. Some older translations say children of wrath. That means children deserving of wrath. Um, And so that was our condition before. Uh, We were, as it is, we were told in Ephesians chapter 2 later on, we were without hope and without God in this world. But then the passage goes on and says, But now, in Christ Jesus, there's been a new beginning. There's been a change. So we need a new beginning. So God gives us something to solve that problem. He gives us a new identity. It's kind of like a witness protection program. You know, uh, people who go through a witness protection program have a new beginning. They assume a new identity. They move to a different part of the country. They get a chance to start over. we find in Scripture that God has given us a new identity. And there are four blessings that go with this new identity, and I'm going to talk to you about those today. First of all, I am now in Christ. I am a new person. Hundreds of times in Scripture, in the New Testament, you find the phrase in Christ or in Christ Jesus. We have an old former classmate, guys, uh, uh, Don Spurbeck. he wrote a book, actually it was older than we are, we're young guys and gals. Um, it's called In Christ, and I was able to find it one day, just stumbled across it online. And uh, he took the time to go through all of these statements in Scripture that talk about being in Christ Jesus and what that means to us today. Fa- fantastic, fascinating book. And I am in Christ... Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new what? Creation. The old is what? Gone. The new has what? Come. We have a new identity. Well, if we have a new identity, what was our old identity? If we're now in Christ, what was our old identity? The old identity was we were in Adam. God saw us as being connected to Adam. Because we are his descendants, his nature passed on to us. The guilt of sin uh, that came into the world through Adam was passed along to us. And God saw our identity as being alienated from him because we were, quote, in Adam. We were connected to him. But that has changed. We have a new identity. We are now in Christ. God sees us as being connected to Him. We don't stand alone. We are united with Him, connected to Him. So therefore, I'm not just uh, in this world, trying to get by the best I can. I'm connected to Jesus as I live in this world. And because I'm connected to Him, I have the opportunity and the possibility to live a life that is different, that is not dominated by the world, but reflects Him and His character to the world. I'm not just in process. I'm connected to Him as I continue to grow spiritually. Boy, there's a big difference. I can tell you from personal experience there's a huge difference from trying to live the Christian life in your own strength, which, by the way, is impossible. A huge difference in that from living your life realizing you are connected to Jesus and the potential that that gives you to live for him. And I hope that this series of messages will help you discover that and begin to apply it in your life. I am a new person in Christ. I'm now a new creation. A new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, again, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. How many of you remember what metamorphosis is? Well, a couple of you paid attention in class. Metamorphosis is a transformation. It's the idea of, of, if you will, a worm of some kind spinning a cocoon and after time coming out no longer a worm but as a what? Butterfly. That process is called metamorphosis. We've undergone a spiritual metamorphosis. I think a good illustration of that is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was a religious guy, no question about that. But he was also someone who hated Jesus Christ. He was saw someone who saw Christianity as a movement that threatened Judaism. And he did everything in his power to stamp out Christianity and to persecute followers of Christ and imprison them. He was a persecutor. He was a violent man. But after he came to faith in Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, he was a new creation. He was a saint. He was an apostle. He was an overcomer. He was a powerful witness for Jesus Christ. Now, what made the difference for Paul? Well, he no longer viewed himself as a caterpillar. He agreed with God that he was a butterfly. He was no longer who he was before. And this enabled him to throw off the baggage of the past and to live life for the glory of Jesus Christ. If Paul had remained in that old mindset of who he was, if he had... Considered himself as a persecutor and still considered himself as a violent person who hated the cause of Christ, he never would have become an apostle. He never would have become a leader of the first century church. And I think the key in understanding this is as long as you and I see ourselves as sinners, we will sin. If we let that identify us, well, I'm just a sinner. I can't help myself. There's a good theological word for that. And the word is baloney. You know it by now. You are no longer someone who is destined to sin and rebel against God because you have Jesus Christ within you. You no longer have a new identity. You have an ability to live. The Christian life and to honor God with how you live. When you begin to see yourself as God sees you, as a new creation, as a saint, you'll begin to live like one. Sometimes that requires a daily reminder I am no longer an Adam, I am no longer a slave to sin. I'm a new person in Jesus Christ, and His life flows through me. And because of that, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. I'm a new creation. I am now God's child. In John 1, Verse 12, it says, Yet to all who received him, meaning Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The word children or sons, as it appears in some translations, is from the Greek word technon. Aren't you impressed, Steve, that I knew a Greek word? I could remember all this for all these years. Technon. It means literally his born ones. Jesus told Nicodemus, you can be born Again, you can be born from above. You can receive spiritual life from God. And it's because of Jesus coming and being here and dying for our sins that we are His children, His born ones. Now, as I've been talking to you, before we were identified as being where or with whom? Adam. Adam. And because of our identity in Adam, before we came to Christ, we were alienated from God. But now, because of our identity with Christ, we have been reconciled to God. Before, in Adam, we were condemned. We were lost and we were without hope in this world. But now, in Christ, we are accepted by God. We are unconditionally loved by Him and accepted by Him. Think of that. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. He paid the penalty of sin so that we might have new life and we might experience being reconciled to God and be unconditionally loved and accepted by Him. Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5 says, Because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. No, we didn't deserve becoming a child of God. We become a child of God one way. How? Through faith in the work of Jesus Christ for us on the cross. Believing that he paid the penalty for our sin when he died there. Believing that he died Not just take us to heaven someday by and by when we die, but to give us life in the here and now. And that's really what eternal life is it is receiving the life of Christ. That's what Robin was referring to earlier. And uh, that is the wonderful experience of each one of us as a follower of Christ. I am God's child. I am blessed. Boy, just to sum it up, I am blessed. Now, I would rather drive a Jaguar, Jaguar, excuse me, than a Hyundai. I mean, let's face it. We would all r- rather live in a bigger, fancier house. We would all rather be able to shop at Neiman Marcus instead of Kmart. But we have blessings that go far beyond these temporal, physical, earthly things. In Ephesians 1, verse 3, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with what? Every spiritual blessing. Where is it found? In Christ. In Ephesians 2, 7, it talks about, we have experienced the riches of God's grace. Ephesians 3.8 says, Although I am less than the least of all God's prophet," Paul is speaking and writing. He said, This grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Riches that come from Him, spiritual riches that are beyond our ability to really totally understand. In Philippians chapter four nineteen, because of this, we have everything that we need. My God will meet all your needs according to his, what? Glorious riches. And where are they found? In Christ Jesus. We have been blessed and we are blessed because of our union with Jesus Christ. Because... I have Jesus, I have some things that I need, most things that I need, I have everything that I need for life and godliness. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and grace. I have a new identity. I was an Adam, that's changed. I'm no longer a caterpillar, I'm a butterfly, I'm now in Christ. Fifth thing, and the last thing we're going to cover is this. We need what? Motivation to live the life. Motivation. How motivated are you to live for Jesus? Ephesians 2.3, speaking of our former condition, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts like the rest. We were by nature objects of wrath. In our past, we were motivated to what? Satisfy ourselves at the expense of Jesus Christ. To satisfy ourselves at all costs even at the expense sometimes of other people. We were motivated to rebel against God. We were motivated to run from God. My question to you is this, and this is an important question. How can, then, a lifelong tendency to satisfy our flesh at all costs to live for ourselves, and to rebel against God, and to run from God. How can this lifelong tendency be changed? That's what the flesh is. That's the old programming. And the longer we go before we become a believer, the more and we have the old programming, the stronger the old programming is. I'm thankful I came to faith in Christ as a six-year-old. Because that programming hadn't really had a chance to really dig in. Now, that doesn't mean I've lived an easy life or a perfect life. There have been struggles along the way, just like for you. But, boy, I'll tell you what, it's a lot easier than it would be if I had been 30, 40, 50 years old before I became a Christian. And we need to remember that with new Christians. It takes time. That's what Christian growth is all about. That's why they need us as older Christians, to encourage them, to help them along the way. And when they stumble, our job is not to condemn them and beat them down. It's to lift them up and encourage them and help show them how to live. Well, in our past, we were motivated to satisfy self at all costs. But the need for motivation to live the life has been met because God has given us a new nature. A new nature. In Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And then it goes on and says, through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in what? The divine nature. You might participate in God's very nature. You might receive God's nature rather than the old nature you had before, and therefore to escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. In our present, God has given us a new nature. What is our nature? It is a spontaneous attitude that we have. A certain part of my human nature that has been shaped and formed by my parents. There are things that I say and do that remind me of my dad. Why? Because that's part of my nature. I've been programmed that way. There are certain attitudes that I have that are spontaneous. The old-fashioned word is bent. Our bent. How we are kind of programmed to respond, and to live. If you will, maybe the contemporary illustration would be a computer operating system. For most of us who are not enlightened, that's Windows. For the enlightened ones, it's Apple. Or to you really old people, Macintosh. Now, to me, that had a much classier connotation but we have a new operating principle in our life and again before it was Adam's nature one of our big problems was we had received we had inherited his nature just by being born into the world just it being transmitted to us and a lot of the things that we did and the decisions we made were consistent with Adam's decisions I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to live the way I want to live. I don't care what God says. We had Adam's nature, but now we have God's nature. When we trust in Jesus for salvation, we receive a new nature from God. We receive a new bent a new spontaneous attitude that is consistent with His. It's because of that new nature that I have a desire to know Him. It's because of that new nature that I have a desire to obey Him and do the things that please Him. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, talks about to be made new in the attitude of your minds. To put on the new self, created to be what? Like God, in true righteousness and holiness. Wow. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship, created where? In Christ Jesus, to do what? Good works. Good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. Why did God send Jesus? Why does God, in His mercy and grace, save us from our sin and give us new life? So we could be His workmanship, created in Christ, to do what? Good works not to continue to live the way we were living before, not to live in rebellion against God, but to understand who we are in Jesus Christ and to do good works. That's why God sent Jesus. He prepared those things in advance for us to do. We have new motivation to do those things. to live our lives, to bring honor to God. It is God's nature within us that motivates us to live the life. We needed motivation. God gave us, we needed, excuse me, a new identity. God gave us a new identity in Christ. We needed motivation. God gave us his nature. So let's review these things. Because we are connected to Jesus, we have everything we need for life and godliness. You need the ability to live a new life. You're going to find that in only one place. And that is through Jesus Christ. Understanding your connection to Him and drawing upon the life that He came to give you. He's the vine, you're the what? Branch. Summary, we need spiritual life. God gave us Jesus. And again, that wasn't just a one-time his, one historical thing where he died on the cross for our sins. It's an ongoing relationship with our Lord and Savior. And it's through that relationship that we have life. We need nourishment. God gave us what? His words. What do we need to do? Eat. 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 I can't force you to eat. God's not going to force you to eat. If the only spiritual meal you get every week is what you get on Sunday, you're malnourished. And I do the best I can, and I'll continue to do the best I can to feed you. But sooner or later, you've got to learn to feed yourself. A baby doesn't continue to rely upon its mother's milk. You'd think it really strange to see a teenager running around drinking out of a bottle. They learn to feed themselves. And we need to learn to feed ourselves spiritually by getting into the Word of God and trusting God, the Holy Spirit, to feed us, to challenge us. And again, I challenge you, when you read the Bible, don't read it for information. Read it for transformation. What, God, are you saying to me? What do I need to understand from this passage? What things do I need to change in my life? What do I need to trust you to change in my life? We need nourishment. God gave us his words. We need nurturing. We need to understand that we are loved by God. We need to understand that we are cared for by him. And we need to understand and accept even his discipline. It's part of the nurturing process. If you never disciplined your kids, they weren't nurtured. That's one of the big problems we have today. It's not just a matter of a child growing up knowing that they are loved and cared for. It's a matter of knowing right from wrong. That's primarily shaped through the discipline of our parents. And where we never have that kind of instruction and training, that's where we lack nurturing in our lives. And God gives us His presence, just like we depended upon the presence of our parents to nurture us and encourage us, to comfort us and to train us. God gave us Himself and His presence in our lives. That's why every day you need to practice God's presence in your life. Begin your day thanking Him that He is there with you. That you're not there just to slug it out on your own as you go through the day. That He is there. He is there with you. He's there for you. He's there to nurture you. Number four, we need a new beginning. He gave us a new identity. We are a new creation in Christ. We're God's child. We're not just sinners who've been saved by grace. We are told that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might be made the what? Righteousness of God in him. God has saved us to change us. And he's changed us so we might live our lives in a way that bring honor to him. Number five. We need motivation to live the life. And that motivation can be ours because God has given us a new nature. His nature. Because of all these things, we have everything we need to live the life. But I have found that as you go through life, life happens pretty fast. That's why we need to spend time, I believe, daily in the Scriptures, saying, God, please feed me today. I need nourishment. I need you to nurture me today and to thank him for the new identity that you have in Christ and to understand that you have the motivation to live for him because God has given you a new nature. Some people say, well, Pastor, I find it hard to live my life in obedience to Christ. Years ago, there was a recording made for children's ministry called Gregory the Grub. That recording was made by a great Christian storyteller named Ethel Barrett. Some of you old-timers remember Ethel Barrett. My kids grew up on records. Ethel Barrett telling Bible stories and stories like Gregory the Grub. Well, Gregory was a grub, and Gregory lived in the mud. But one day, the grub crawled out of the mud and uh, went through the transformation process of metamorphosis and became a butterfly. And in the story, it was said, "Wouldn't it be ridiculous for Gregory the Grub to want to return to the mud when he's a butterfly? And what are butterflies made to do? Fly." God has changed us to fly, to live differently than we lived before, and because we've been changed and have His nature. We were able to do just that. So would you please remember these things this week as you endeavor to live the life? Father, thank you for your words. Thank you for the new ability that you've given us to live for you. And we know that ability comes out of our nature that you've changed. It comes out of our union with Jesus Christ. Lord, remind us this week by your Holy Spirit who we are. So that our lives can bring honor and glory to you. So that our lives would not damage your reputation. but the people might see the way we live and the way we act and the way we treat them and have a good opinion of you. We thank you for the blessings that we have in Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Would you stand with us, please?